This episode of Rural Gray is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by TrekFan. TrekFan isn't just a Star Trek fan club, it's a challenge. You will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. And in the spirit of an enlightened future, TrekFan is absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. Previously on Leroy Starship. Well, instead of final thoughts, let's do. Uh, which would you rank first in your list of? Actually, just let's list them all. Uh, enterprises, top to bottom. Ooh, wow! This could be a whole subject. Okay, who are you gonna have go first? Me or Philip? I'll I'll, I'll go first. So give oh, you guys okay. time time to think. So I I am gonna have to say. Okay. I've, I'll preface this upon having done an episode on the Enterprise E and all the great things about it. Okay, let's just do look wise. This isn't talking about history. I have a this question. Isn't talking about our heart. Okay. Are we including yes. in XO1? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Everything. are we including JJ? Yes. No. Yes. Not the stupid yes. okay. Well, I'm going to. You guys don't have to, but I will. <laughs> you can. I don't want to include Are we including the aircraft carrier? In Star Trek Four, everything, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aircraft carrier and the ring ship. Oh, the ring ship. Okay. That's right. Yeah. The shuttle. Actually, okay. The wooden you sailing know, ship. Um, everything in the credits of the Enterprise opening. <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not. I hate to do this. I'm actually. This is turning into a great topic. So let's just hold this for another great installment of Earl Grey. I, I hate to be a giant ship tease, of the lines three. I actually. I actually want to hear us all uh, talk about this in in more than five minutes. So hold on to this. Let's just go back to final thoughts of the Enterprise E. And also, Uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest about this. TNG showed the most Enterprises ever. B, C, D, E, done. Mic drop. Also, we get the bridge of the original series. (laughs) Pick up mic. Drop it again. So it is time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Daniel Prue and Philip Gilfus, who are both down on the holodeck, strolling around the bridge of the Enterprise. Daniel, Philip, uh, uh, what, you know, are, are you just getting a hankering for of nostalgia? You know, we've we've talked about this, or or we were going to talk about this, but it it seems like it's time to put our cards on the table, as it were, and have the definitive enterprise discussion but uh but what bridge did you guys queue up on the uh, on on the holodeck today well i'm having trouble keeping stable on mine because i have the enterprise ring ship 
And um, the, oh gosh, everything just fell down again. Okay, um, I, I, the gravity's kind of not still a little elementary, but it's 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 cool. It's a work in progress. You know, a little Vulcan influence here. I mean, the uh, the soup is not very flavorful on the ship, but um, but it's you know, I think it's a, it's it has a touch of of something there. What about you, Daniel? Uh, I, I, I would, I, you know, it's difficult to see in here with all of the lens flares going on. It's, it's tough to find the comm panel, uh, but I am excited to be here on this ship, you know, just for, like you said, nostalgia's sake. Right, because it's from the past, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Well, and as our previously on Earl Grey mentioned, this is a topic that we had been about to discuss in our Leroy Starship and our episode and uh but we I, you know it's starting to sound so good that i decided you know let's actually not talk about it right now let's actually make this a full episode so today daniel philip and i have compiled the definitive lists in our own opinion of the starship enterprises going from top to bottom who should i put on the spot first okay well let's just uh, we're gonna i'm gonna have each of us go through our list and defend it individually. But to to let everyone speak first, let's just have everyone start with their favorite. So we're gonna start at the top and get it get progressively more jig I mean more more worse in in our listing. So Philip, what is uh. you, what is the top uh, what is the top ship you have listed in uh, in your in your uh, well, and, and the options are NX01 all the way through JJ verse. Uh, well, I mean, first thing, I think this episode is important for everyone to hear, so we can make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Um, but number one for for my list is just, I mean, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and you know, that's it. Enterprise E, Sovereign Class. The thing's a beauty. The thing is a beauty. Um, I mean, we talked about it already, so I won't go all the way into it again and everything I, I saw already in uh, the Leroy Starship episode. But, um, you know, it's it's just a great-looking ship. You just want to see more of it. I know. You know, didn't we say we wanted, you know... F- Three movies and a, se- and a season. Is that how the saying goes? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in talks with Hulu to get the Enterprise E series. No, never mind. Well, maybe in uh, in if, if Trek, you know, when it comes back to the TV and they do a reference back, they'll reference back to the E and they'll rebuild that bridge for their crazy uh, time travel adventure. That would yeah. be fun. Well, I think actually there's going to be an episode of the Enterprise J. Um, I think it's going to be their season finale. The series finale, and it'll take place on the Enterprise E. I think is so. <laughs> it. Well, the I mean, president's I, been set, so they might as well follow through. It worked well the first time, so why not keep <laughs> you know keep the tr- tradition alive? Yeah, not not many people know that that the uh, just like Moriarty lives in that little memory chip on the holodeck. Every other Star Trek series only exists in the Enterprise D holodeck. Never happened. Voyager never happened. Deep Space Nine never happened. It is only a holodeck fantasy that Barclay wrote on the Enterprise D. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he would just randomly yell like "end program" because he was so afraid he was stuck on the holodeck. So no, no, this is it. But then again, they could have just Voyager is Barclay's fantasy, obviously, because we see him in it. 
And guess who Deep Space Nine's fantasy is? Obviously, Worf. Uh, Riker. That is Worf's holodeck program. Oh, Worf, I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. And then it, it just gets corrupted and his wife dies. So that's why he never mentions it. Because it's his holographic wife that never existed. So when 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 Riker says, oh, it was Riker, right, who's mm-hmm. this tough little ship, he was literally talking about it's, it fits inside of a room. It fits inside the holodeck, so it must be little, right? Uh, I think we're straying from canon, though, uh, a little bit in this discussion. Okay, Daniel, your top choice of the Enterprise uh, lineup. You know, of course, if anybody listens to, to our Enterprise E episode, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be surprised. It's going to be... It's going to be a Grand Slam E out of the park uh, across the board, I think. Of course, the E. I mean, well, come on now. Come on. It's the perfect Enterprise as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't say perfect. There are some some minor issues that I might have with it, but it's just such a beautifully designed ship. And and the three, the tragically three times that we got to see this ship. Uh, you know, Tragically few. Well, some of them were tragic. Tragically few is what I mean to say, yeah. <laughs> And some of them were completely non-memorable. Yeah. Um, you know, like, we wanted more. We wanted more. And if if only, if only we got to see more. But, of course, what little we got to see, I think, was, was enough to know that the ship is the definitive Enterprise. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Because that's the, my number one choice as well, <laughs> the Enterprise-E. Again, as we've discussed from... You know, our Leroy Starship episode. You know, I just had a thought. Can you imagine first contact taking place on the Enterprise D and that warp, you know, warp core room, you know, main engineering being, you know, assimilate? I just can't picture it. I can't picture that Starship. It's just not as tense. Like, it's just too comfortable. It, it, the biggest it, it, problem is, of course, that if if the characters were to walk across the deflector dish of the Enterprise D, it would take two and a half <laughs> hours just to get to the center of the dish. You know, on the Enterprise E, it's well, not I, such a big problem. And you know, it, and it doesn't have that handy release feature, so they would kind of been in big trouble then. Well, I think what would have happened instead of taking place in engineering. Uh, data would have suggested that the best way to attack the Borg would be to pierce the Citation Ops pod, uh, thereby all the water <laughs> flowing into the Borg and short-circuiting them. So I think that would have been their target. Oh, there you go. Exactly. I mean, Data's a smart guy. He he knows what's up. He's taken over the Enterprise more times than pretty much any other crew <laughs> member I can think of. So. <laughs> All right, going around the table again, Philip. What was your second choice? So this one ranked a little bit below the E, but well, but not di- didn't di- didn't eke out that top. Well, slot. when I'm not doing E, what I do is D because the Enterprise D is my second favorite ship. Because look, this is Earl Grey. I don't know if anyone checked before they downloaded this, um, but this is uh, the next generation, and and I just can't, you know, the Enterprise D. We were there for seven seasons in a movie um and uh you just can't can't say no to that galaxy class you know your first enterprise and I, this this is i know pretty original here your first enterprise is like your first girlfriend and you know many come afterwards but you always remember the first one i just thought of that that was a great uh um, Jordy impression you know chief <laughs> oh wait no that was that was 
that was Scotty. Sorry, I I gotcha. No, it's that's absolutely right. And uh, let's see if Daniel shares that sentiment. What is your second favorite Enterprise? So I try very hard to avoid Uh-oh. controversy and unpopular opinions here on Trek FM. I've been, I've been, you know, I've been known as the peacemaker, <laughs> the one who will avoid any sort Wait, of. Conflict. You've been Wait, known as the, the peacemaker. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> you know, it just—it seems I don't know what it is. Apparently, I don't share a lot of popular opinions that many people have about these people, these characters, these stories. Which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But honestly, my number two, my, and and this is is in the running for number one. It's it's right behind Enterprise E. I am a J.J. Abrams fan of the Enterprise. I think that is a look. I get that there's problems, especially if we're talking about scaling. Um, the size of that thing is totally inconsistent and wonky and crazy and weird. But I think that it was just a beautifully, especially the exterior, but even the interior, which of course is known as the, you know, the Apple Bridge and stuff like that. I mean, um, those Iowans, they just knew what they were doing. <laughs> I think it's a, you know, look, what can you do when you have a ship that was designed in the 1960s? How do you update that to make sense now? Like, how do you update that to, to look and, and feel right? And I'm sorry. I will argue this to the day I die. I think that I can't think of a better designed starship. Like I can't think of a better redesign for that starship. Again, obviously I'm placing this on top of both the enterprise, the original and the enterprise a now, and I'm placing it on top of the enterprise D. I think this is the second best designed enterprise of all time. I love this ship. I, and a big part of it, of course has to do with the ginormous nacelles. I thought you were going to say deflector dish. No, no, <laughs> no! It's great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if you know the Enterprise, JJ Enterprise, fantastic ship, beautiful, beautiful ship. No, it 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 is. It is a beautiful ship. Not not my second favorite, but well, I'll definitely give you. I'll give you that. Also, not my third, uh, fourth, or no, fifth, or sixth favorite. I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh... Don't don't skip ahead, Philip. Don't skip ahead. <laughs> All right. So my second favorite again. Going against, you know, it's not just because this is the, you know, Earl Grey next-gen show. Like, we don't have to love every aspect of our show. And while I do enjoy our ship on this show, I'm actually putting the Enterprise Refitter, or A, as my second favorite. It's just such a classic, classic look, the balance of it, you know, the principles of you know, the golden ratio and all of that to where, you know, I love the nacelles higher than the saucer, the, just any angle you shoot it at, it looks beautiful. And, you know, it, we saw it a ton of the movies. It was in so many movies, you know, it, it saved the planet so many times. And just, you know, while I do enjoy the crew of the enterprise D a lot, their ship kind of at least visually left a little, be desired in my mind so i i place the enterprise a as my second choice hang so on is it the... this is an important distinction do you are you picking the refit or the a because they're very very different very i was gonna ask that same question different. too no they're, they're, they're the exact same different. ship it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay no, i mean the, I, they're I, just I, completely I mean... different 
Okay, well, not, I mean, barring the bridge, I, I guess I'm just counting the, I guess the refit, but as for all intents, I'm not going to also count the A, because they're, as far as outside, they're the same. So, refit slash A. The re-A. The re-A. <laughs> so. right. Well, you know, D- I mean, but that's sort of interesting to have Enterprises be the same ship. Like, you know, technically speaking, the Enterprise and the Enterprise A were the same sh- ship, both Constitution class, you know. And, I mean, like, that that never happens again, right? There's not going to be, like, the Gal- Enterprise D is Galaxy class and, like, first contact starts, and it's the Enterprise E, which is a Galaxy class. You know, that well, no, we want something new. Well, I guess you kind of have the All Good Things Enterprise, which could be considered a refit. Mm-hmm. With or X- even the even the Yesterday's Enterprise, right, which is also a kind of a refit as well. Although I guess just because it's an alternate universe Enterprise, it, it might be different. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that could be. I, I'd say more, a little more. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you said yesterday's Enterprise, I thought you meant Enterprise C, not the Enterprise D. I know. I thought you meant the C, and I'm like, no, that wasn't a refit of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Darren and I are on the same wavelength Guys, here we're, going, we're a TNG what? podcast. If, if, <laughs> if you don't recognize when I say yesterday's Enterprise, this is a problem. <laughs> no, no, tomorrow's Enterprise. That's what we're going to talk about next. So, no. Uh, Philip, what is your third choice? Well, I think for my third choice, it, it's—I mean, it's on the list. I'm not—I'm not, I'm not making this up. Is actually Enterprise C. I'm actually have a strange crush on the Ambassador class vessel because I mean, I—the more I look at it, the more I fall in love with it because I've never like I don't have the Blu-rays, so I you know the, the HD and all that. I've really don't. No, but like so, I think the first time I saw yesterday's Enterprise, and the second, and the third, and the fourth time, I, I didn't really get appreciation of the Enterprise C because you can't really see that much in SD, in my opinion. But then when I was looking at Doug Drexler stuff on his Facebook page, and he would like show the actual model they used, yeah, I'm like, that is a that cool, a cool looking ship. Um, and because I mean, the the size comparison is it's pretty close to the D. I mean. You know, and then this is nothing. I know most people who are familiar with the Enterprise C know it's basically just like we're going to make up something that's between the Enterprise A and the Enterprise D, and boom, that's the Enterprise C. Um, but it works. It's 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 a strange fusion, but it works. And and I do love, you know, it has the rounds and the cells, right? A little callback there, um, but it sort of has the more, um, you know, a, a slight D look to it as well. So I mean, I really like the Enterprise C, and I really wish we. We could see more of it. I think we did see some random ambassador class vessels, um, but not that many. I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but I know we did see more than one. I'm sure it snuck into you know one of those great big fleet shots in one of those episodes after yesterday's Enterprise. But yeah, but let's yeah. let's see. Look, I've called for this before. Let's see if we're gonna uh, let's bring Star Trek back on TV back in the Prime Universe. Let's see an Enterprise C show. Oh, with Captain man. Garrett, come on! This is great. This you have. There's so much potential between between what we the last we saw in Generations of the B and what we saw, of course, of the D and 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 TNG. Come on! I, I I'm with you, Philip. I want to see more of it. I think I think that would be is a is a rich mine to 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 tap. I think it would be wonderful to see that. Yeah, because you also. I, because we knew so little about her, you know, she went before her time, as they say. Um, so, but it's, I think one of the 
different things about the Enterprise C compared to all the enterprises that we we're, we will talk about have talked about is that there was such a gap. Like I don't know if it's like some traumatic event or what, but like this Enterprise C and I'm roughing it early 24th century. Like it was like 50 years before there was another Enterprise um, with the Enterprise D. Whereas, like, another one was, like, original A, B, C, and then it's like, uh, you know what, that one, you know, we, we've lost a couple here, let's, let's let it lie for a while here. But, um, but, but it's also, like, what kind of a ship is it? Is it a, another exploration, or is it more militaristic? But I don't know. It's definitely cool looking. I think it's ambassadorial, you know- just uh, going <laughs> off of a guess there, but yeah. And a lot of TV, like this is a trend in television, is the prequel series, right? Like we had the Sarah Chronic, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and we had uh, Enterprise Bates Motel is a thing now. Well, I'm, I mean, even more recently than that, and and um, well, like like with Battlestar, how they had the TV oh, movies that would do the flashback, like um, uh, I'm blanking on the one where it had Admiral Rowe. Basically, yeah, blood and crow. <laughs> hey, she was evil on that show. She was not Admiral Rowe. <laughs> but yeah. like, we're upcoming. We're gonna have a Gotham TV show about Batman when he was uh, like a tyke. Like, you know what I mean? So, so prequel series are kind of all the rage at this point. So why not? If only Star Trek had had a prequel series. Oh well, I guess we'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> I guess it would be middle cool, right? It would be mid cool. I don't know what you would call that, but I mean, what you would? I mean, like it would have the Enterprise. What would you call it? Um, like the Starship Enterprise? That's kind of a long title. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll think about it. You can come back to me later. Well, and and the, yeah, the seas. It's not definitely not super high on my list. I guess I feel it's too close to the Enterprise D. Like I, I, I do like some elements of it, like you said, the round nacelles, and but it's adding the red Bassard collectors on the front, so it's starting to show that technology transition from the red jacket era into the you know twenty fourth century Picard area. But it, it's just it, it feels too big. Like it makes the Enterprise D feel not as big of a of a jump in grandeur. It's just like, Oh, we just made it a little bit bigger and decided to go against circles because everything in the sea is circle. (laughs) Listen, Darren, if we're going to start talking about nacelles and the sea, this is a big issue for me because I hate the square nacelles that they brought in for the refit slash a and the B. I love that. um, There was technically a transition from the original enterprise with the round nacelles to the enterprise D with the flatter nacelles. And like, like Philip just mentioned, I I think that this ship kind of fits in between there, but the boring black straight vertical nacelles of the, of the, of the refit and the B man, I just hate those things. I think they're the worst. When, when they get blown up, I get excited. I'm like, yeah, there's, those are crappy anyways. Who cares? So, um, <laughs> I in heaven's sake, would you want that bucket of bolts? Like you could, if you wanted to, if you wanted to rebuild the original Enterprise, you could replace those nacelles with the ones from the sea, and it would still kind of fit. It would kind of, because they're rounded and they have... If you just right use a front. paper towel roll, you can just use that. That's really <laughs> pretty much it all. Anyways, okay, this isn't the Nacelle show. That'll be All later. Right. So, Daniel, <laughs> your third choice is it the Enterprise C? Let's just you know, let's be honest. No, what what is um, your third choice? No, it's close though. Um, I'm gonna give it to the D. <laughs> uh, 
because yeah, of course we have to have it within our first three because Chris made us sign that when we uh, started the show. Yeah, Yeah, this is actually a loyalty test, and uh, whoever doesn't answer (laughs) Enterprise D with the third one gets kicked off, and we look for a new host. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on now. I mean, like I've said, I've had I have a few problems with the D's design. It just feels like like really blobbish and fat and like slow sluggish i guess i don't know is the kind of feel that i get for it um but there are times when it looks very like because it's huge right we don't get a bigger starship in star trek ever you know the volume of it is massive right and so it makes sense for it to be slow and bulbous and large and it's they're like uh, i guess it kind of has that similar kind of feel of like star destroyers right where it's like it's it, it would take forever to turn. Yeah, or like if, a super star destroyer. I mean, that thing is right. massive. It's a city if, in space, literally. If it turned on you, you you know you're done. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I feel like the D is. If like, you can see it, you're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I love the D. I do. I, I love the D. I recognize it for its faults, but we got it for seven seasons, and you know what? Um, and a movie. And a movie. <laughs> so, so Daniel, if the Enterprise D is a super star destroyer, does that make the Defiant the Millennium Falcon? Yes, it does. Actually, in fact, that's what I consider it. Yeah, absolutely. I consider it an equivalent to the Millennium Falcon. I mean, I guess it could fit like ten more people, maybe. But you know, who cares at that point? <laughs> Wait, are you saying that when Worf is first officer, he's really playing the Wookiee role? <laughs> he, does, he does smash the controls to make them work so. <laughs> he does <laughs> let the let the uh let, let the, the klingon, klingon win, win. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually pretty good advice <laughs> and yeah <laughs> so for my third choice uh, just like daniel i went with the enterprise d it's it's through its faults of its overall look and the reliance on the oval it is a beautiful ship and especially for its interior. I mean, we get so much of its interior, so many new sets built, so many awesome, you know, facilities it has. I mean, to put it this way, like what ship would you rather be stationed on? I mean, and, and go on a tour of duty. I mean, this would be a pretty nice ship to go on the holodecks, all of the, you know, the cool people, you know, I I feel like I've been stationed on it almost like if I've been working on it recently, it's, it's just like I have a distant memory, but no, I I definitely go with uh, our uh, our mothership, the uh, the one seven zero one D. And I have all the specs and diagrams at home. <laughs> you built ships with the bottle in a bottle, right, right, Philip? <laughs> yes, sir. Ah, uh, you're kissing, kissing butt. Oh, hey, Philip. Fourth choice. Now, now, looking at your past, I mean, you went E D. C. So I, I I could make a prediction for your fourth one, but let's see if I'm right. What's you your were totally wrong choice? because I went off your list because I don't play <laughs> by the rules. This is called pulling a Daniel. Um, what I did for my fourth one, and I know I know I know what's going to happen here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, we're, inter- we're losing your connection, Philip. Sorry, you just uh, <laughs> dropped from no. It's the Enterprise <laughs> ring ship that we saw. In the motion picture, ring ship, you know, All right. which which I think is, would you know, you could beep not out my even, opinion about not even in the motion picture. Him. I mean, it was a painting, exactly. So this it's is a what painting, Philip. This is what gets me, warp five. Um, you know, we have the motion picture that shows the history of the enterprises, 
you know, we get the wooden sailing ship, we get the space shuttle, we get this, this, we didn't know at the time, but basically it's a Vulcan-looking ship. This is Vulcan-looking uh, ring ship, you know, sort of has this, it, it also looks like, um, uh, Lordy, in Crusades, Battle, Babylon 5, it kind of looks like that ship in a way. Um, oh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, we, we showed that, that's the history, that is the history laid out in literally the first motion picture. So guess Are what you we, saying Enterprise broke canon? Guess what I we mean, heard they, they about? They never it. broke canon. <laughs> nothing. We heard nothing ever Philip. again. Philip. Philip, do you really want to argue that the 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 movie that had skin tight, ridiculous outfits with 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 more seventies looking? Belts, <laughs> of movies. These are the people that we should listen to for canon. Come on, look, look, pick a pick something better than that, Philip. I know you can. Their do Their rec it, room was about the size of the uh, Captain Janeway's ready room. But anyway, the um, defiant. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> I mean, because I, I think it does suggest a radical. Because to go from you know sailing ship, aircraft carrier, space shuttle to this weird looking thing to basically you know the original Enterprise. I mean, you you can see that evolution, and and I, and I know we listen to Warp Five. You'll hear why the NXO One looks like it does. That was actually not what they wanted to do, but you know the network, in other words, said it has to look like the Enterprise, and they're like, okay, fine. But anyway, but the it, Enterprise I think it has makes... to look like the Enterprise. Those, <laughs> yeah, those suits. <laughs> yeah. So instead of because I mean they wanted to go with a, a more non traditional evolution, um, maybe even with the the. Dallas, however you call it, the, like the circle um, one, um, like the Pasteur. But basically, but I think it's so intriguing, the ring ship, because, I mean, for one thing, it's a blank canvas. We don't know anything about it. Um, maybe it only exists in myth. Maybe, like, someone just changed the picture out of the NX-01 and replaced it with this one that they did, this drawing they did, you know, that their kid did, and wanted to see if anyone noticed. Uh <laughs> Maybe Matt Decker did it. You know what? That's probably explained. Or Will Decker, excuse me. He's an energy being now, so he <laughs> But anyway, I, I think it's very intriguing, and I and I, I had it as my, my uh, desktop wallpaper for a while because I, I think it's very intriguing. A very twenty late 21st century, 22nd century calls to you about what the Enterprise was. Well, and the ring ship is getting, you know, a little more credence right now with the current direction and theories of warp travel in the real world where it's basically a ring ship it's a ship with two rings around it to generate the warp field and so maybe they had it right all along i mean and i'm sure the dedication plaque says if you like it then you need to put a ring on it or two but you know my problem with that is just like i think that first contact kind of negates that to me like to me like it's fine that I, I guess that there would have been maybe in the earlier 20th first century that kind of ship. Uh, but first contact firmly establishes not just like a passing decal on the wall of a room in this one movie that everybody, most people don't care for so much, but like firmly establishes that this is where the two nacelle design comes from. This is where That's true. we can see all other future Star Trek designs come from. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, ring ship is pre Star Trek because we don't know much, but we know, what do we know between, we know the nineties is the, is the uh, genetic, uh, the con wars, right? We know the 2020s is the, the, the bell riots 
And then until 2060, we don't know anything. Something, something, so World I, War III. I, well, of course, we know that there's World War III. Of course, we know World War III is going on. So I would imagine that that's where that ship fits. But as soon as the Phoenix flies, I'm like, okay, that's when Star Trek, to me, that's when Star Trek's kind of really established. Is like the Phoenix goes out, goes to warp, the first warp ship, and then that's when Star Trek is established as a thing. See, I think what what makes me think that it happened later. I mean, it, we don't know because whatever. But that that is that because it, to me it's a Vulcan design. Which I mean, this is retro conning the whole thing. That is basically like, okay, we're going to continue to do our our Earth design, but like, can we just like steal like maybe it's like a fusion between like we'll combine what we know Vulcans. We you, we'll put together this sort of fusion ship. Because um, again, we don't know anything about that ring ship. Was it Starfleet? Was it? Earth, United Earth, what what was it? You know, nobody knows. But that, that's kind of in my head canon what it what it would be, sort of a, a fusion of human and Vulcan engineering. By the United Earth Space Probe Agency in the mid to late twenty first century, as Earth's as one of Earth's earliest attempts at interstellar travel. One of the only one of its class to reach its destination of Alpha Centauri. Blah 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 blah. Twenty thirty nine no, there you go. Enterprise detected radio transmissions from a star system in 2039, confirming the existence of intelligent life forms there. However, physical contact between the Terrans and Centaurians did not occur until 2048. And the ring ship did show up in Admiral Marcus's desk, along with his secret ship that no one was supposed <laughs> to know about. Let's not talk about Admiral Marcus. <laughs> I hope nobody notices my super secret stealth design of my What's this here. ship right here, Admiral Marcus? <laughs> oh, nothing. Don't uh, worry about that. No, nothing. Wayne. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to die. It's called foreshadowing. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Daniel, what is your fourth approved from Darren's list option? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It, it, these are approved. From your list? I, re- I really I don't care. You can really say whatever you want. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm going to give it to uh, – I'm going to give it a tie. Ooh. It's between the and, skiff uh, and – My list uh, is breaking down right now. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. I'm going to – I'm going to – I uh, – truly, I I like the C and the NX-01 equally. Uh, I like what they both do because they both serve the same purpose, right? They both – fill in a gap that we are not aware of at the mm. time uh, of two time periods that we're trying to fill. Like in the but, gap you know, we course... didn't know we wanted filled. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds... Wow. Uh... <laughs> okay. Um, Once again, yeah, so Darren endorsing Warp 5. You know... <laughs> oh, no, I love Enterprise. <laughs> so we get in the NX-01, of course, we get the, the transition between the Phoenix and the original Enterprise. And then in the sea, like we talked about, and I won't get too deep into. We get the transition between the Enterprise and the D, you know, the, the, T, and the, the TOS D, yeah. and the TNG Enterprise. Um, and I think they both really show really good ship design and really smart thinking on the designers themselves of transitional stages before anybody had thought what those transitional stages might be. So um, I like them both for the same reason, and I think they they both fill that purpose uh, equally as well. No, uh, that's good. So your fourth choice is basically the the transitional ships, the ones that filled in, you know, between established waypoints. So good. 
Well, my fourth choice was is almost very similar to yours. I went with the NX Refit. So I Ooh. went. Ooh. So uh, this was not shown, unfortunately, because it didn't quite make it to the fifth season. But uh, Doug Drexler's uh, NX Refit is basically it like slaps an engineering section on the bottom, but it it looks really cool, and I really like that. You know, tra- that that's another transitional. You know, if you were from NX to uh, the original series, but. I think it makes the ship look really good and even more photogenic. So that's my my fourth choice. Yeah, and I think the reason for that design is that in the 22nd century, they hadn't invented the barrel roll yet. So you sort of separate the engineering section when something goes wrong. And so that's that's why that's there. But it was good. I mean, it, and it made a lot of sense and it added, you know, another deflector dish on the front and more space. I mean, it's the easiest way to add space to your ship because there's not a lot in the saucer, but, you know, especially when it has your whole warp drive and all that stuff. But, oh, hey, Philip, uh, whatever you're going to say, I don't even care anymore. Uh, what's, your fifth, <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, what's your fifth choice? Um, well, I, I'm gonna, you know, we were gonna start. You say Scimitar, I'm gonna reach through this monitor. And, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I've not, I've not heard of that ship. What, is that in a TV oh, series? Oh, stop, stop it. Uh, uh, yeah, my, my choice is the Broken E with half a s- the saucer. Broken. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it my, used to be a capital E, and then, you know, <laughs> lower E's have like, have like the middle prong like in a little bit, and that's what it became. Well, Picard finally wanted to get that accente goo on the E to make it a nice Frenchie, so anyway. Um, but, uh, no, no, my, my choice is going to be uh, what you did, Darren, with the 1701A. Um, sort of the the uh, I don't want to say classic Constitution because then you think original series, but to me it's what I think of as classic Constitution, which what we've seen through all the TOS movies. You know, this is the one where we we get two uh, I don't know what do you call it viewer porn uh, portions from the movies of just like let's just stare at this vessel for about oh and the, 10 the twenty minute flyby, yeah. like, which you know well, I'm not going to complain. I actually love that. I love it because no, it's a cool. great part. Um, you know, we never got that with the D or the E. That would, I would have done, you know, if, if, if Nemesis was 10 minutes of just checking out the E, that would have been a great movie. But, um, the, uh, the Enterprise A or the Constitution Refit, whatever you want to call it, um, it, it's sort of, it's just that classic look, you know, you chop off that mate and deflector that looks like it's from the 1950s, um, yeah, ditching and, and, the 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 radar dish is probably the best <laughs> the best move they made. Right, and you just smooth out. Now, you know, I will say obviously as we've always talked about how you can logically say the Enterprise was refitted to look like what we saw in motion picture. Like Philip, this like is a only wholly, thing, almost total different Enterprise. The only thing that was <laughs> left was like a wrench. Like that's from the original NC. 1701. That's like the last thing, and everything else, because like it's a, literally a bigger ship than what you even saw. Even the diameter on... of the saucer is even bigger. I mean, it's, it's yeah, like one and a half times bigger. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, no, it was refitted. Re- yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe what. they just they're just throwing the audience a bone. Like, yeah, we didn't get rid of your ship. This is this is it. Don't you recognize <laughs> it? Kirk, Spock, McCoy, everyone's better. I mean, come on. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, so if we have three years of Star Trek and the one of the most important characters on that show is the ship. 
Like you have to, you, you have to somehow explain this is the same ship, but this is a different ship. So I like, I forgive that. I like, I'm totally okay with just being like, okay, fine. Fine. Well, well, especially with where they went later with its destruction. It's like, if that wasn't the same ship, nobody cares. Then it wouldn't matter. Yeah. It wouldn't matter as much. It it would be like, it'd be like the opinions in this podcast. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I just think that that you know maybe that explains that that in the motion picture the reason Admiral Kirk was taking so long checking out the ship he's like, wow, Scotty, this is a really cool ship. So when do we get to the Enterprise? Oh wait, w- yeah, wait what? So no, yeah, this, that, that's this? great. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Enterprise. Oh oh, I don't. What have look- you been doing? <laughs> uh, let me check this out. Can you fly by one more time? Because I know it's been a while since I've been on a starship. Um, but kids these days, gosh, back in my day, our nacelles were round and we went <laughs> But now, and our dishes were large. Our dishes were large, and we liked it that way. <laughs> oh, hey, Daniel, what's your next uh, choice? I I don't know. Uh, oh, Daniel's pass. fallen up. Pass. No, oh, no, no. I don't. I don't mean. Um, I first I, fluctu- I gave you the caveat of you know having a tie, <laughs> but I, I don't know how much I'm willing to bend the rules on this. <laughs> I've, that I, I just fluctuate made a, I, That I just bet right this moment. I fluctuate a lot on this, um, and I'm gonna have to. If I have to come up with some random, these are your head. Yeah, surprise, uh, Jay. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to say this is another tie. I, I I fluctuate a lot on this because Angel's list is going to be half as long as our list, but that's okay. <laughs> Habsies, it's Habsies. Yeah, between the Enterprise and the Enterprise refit slash A. So the um, original I will admit a. the Enterprise the Enterprise refit slash A. Although I hate that that distinction. I hate the fact that those are two separate ships. That wait, are you saying so a much. tie between the TV yeah. one and the yes. and the refit? TOS, okay. TOS and movie ships. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Which are two um, ships, okay. not three. <laughs> right, technically, yeah, <laughs> I suppose it's true. No, wait, even yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, whatever. Anyways, um, the uh, the TOS ship, as silly as it might seem, sometimes I think really is the most inspired design. Um, it established what we know as in Star Trek from then on to be what Star Trek is. Like it created one of the most iconic designs and design profiles of any ship that has ever been known in science fiction or even in reality, frankly. Like people know the tuna cell design. They know, like, and I think that's important. I think that matters. And I think we should, you know, we should have a moment of silence, that. Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, but of course, the Enterprise A perfected that design in every respect. But the nacelles. Except those nacelles. <laughs> and I cannot get past it. It bothers me so much. If if somebody could mock up an Enterprise A. I'm sure it with, exists. I've never seen it. So, Believe me. So do you have like I, Star Trek You want to see the A with the C, cell, with C nacelles? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't even. I, I would want transitional nacelles. But the the problem is wait, that wait. the A nacelles are not transitional at all. So like like when you go outside they darken, but when you're inside they <laughs> <laughs> No. No, no, no. If, yeah, they're if blue could... when you when you when there's a star nearby and they're black <laughs> when you, when you're when you're in the deep of space. 
And when you're I mean, near a, a sun, it turns off all the power to the lighting. That, and opens all the windows. The view, the view screen, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, we totally smashed whatever thought Daniel was trying to form. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what you always do. It's fine. Uh, I mean, I'm used to it at this point, so. I was going to say, don't, don't you have a Star Trek three queued up to the part where the Enterprise blows up and there's that close-up of the nacelles exploding just so you can see <laughs> of them. Of course, of course, absolutely. The problem is, of course, you know, so when when TNG came out, we had Star Trek 1, 2, 3, and 4, I think, yeah, yeah, up to that point. So we had established this new nacelle design but kind of had ignored it for 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 TNG, right? We had had started something new and and so it doesn't fit at all and then of course we see the reliant even we see the reliant and of course we see the hood so it's an excelsior class design all over the place so we see these older nacelles and it's like why did we have to transition from these new nacelles to these weirder nacelles to then back to normal nacelles in the c and the d uh and even the e uh i don't know it just bothers me i don't know they just feel like out of place to me i just I'm sorry, I'm a nacelle guy. Like they're the one B instead of the two. Like it didn't quite progress in a linear yeah. way. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, no, no. This is gonna be random, but I was just thinking, Star Trek Four technically introduced Citation Ops. Was that Klingon bird of prey? Was holding. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with the nacelles of the refit? I'm he just... said Star Trek Four, and then Daniel was talking, and that's what oh, I okay, usually okay. think of. So. so, anytime I mention anything, you're thinking of like totally something unrelated. Is that what it's you're either saying? nacelles or Cetacean Ops? That's usually or or Ensign Row. <laughs> it's one of those three things. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, my fifth choice, I go with the Great Experiment, the one seven zero one B. But now let's just take let's, let's not we can't just copy the Excelsior, but let's just make it a little bit different and put like chubby cheeks on it. But now I mean, okay, chubby okay, <laughs> while the design <laughs> chubby cheeks, it's what it looks so it's like. like it's like the Chuck E. Cheese of Star. Of it's like it's playing the marshmallow design. game. Like how many? Bunny, bunny, chubby bunny. Yeah. Well, the captain did try and, to say know, that, and he wasn't very successful. Yeah, the, yeah. He he climbed one of the cheeks and was killed. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. That's his own fault. And okay, so while it's, I'm not saying it's the best design. Like the neck is ridiculous, and it looks like it could like extend up and down. Like <laughs> like, with all does, the, like it's like oh, we want the shorter accordion? neck. Like duh, 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 you know, yeah, like, like an, an accordion. accordion. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> but I, I have to give this to. The, just the overall design of the, you know, I guess you could say Enterprise B slash Excelsior, basically the same thing, um, is, you know, besides the the refit, you know, the, the, and the A, this was kind of the first other ship. I mean, every ship was a Constitution-class ship. So I have to give them props for at least, you know, for designing something else because, you know, we talk about how difficult it is to do a in-between ship, but it's even harder, I would think, to do it. Well, what what comes next? I mean, the Reliant feels more like a progression of like, okay, it's a different configuration, same kind of materials, but the in a, in a way, sometimes the B is kind of like, okay, well, let's just make the saucer bigger and let's just stretch it out and you know, put giant nacelles that are like half the length of the, of the whole thing. But you know, I I do feel it is a nice progression. 
And especially when it's up against the Enterprise, you feel like, okay, this is the, you know, this is a big ship. I mean, volume-wise, compared to the Constitutions that were jetting around. I mean, all you have to remember, for a while, all of Starfleet was a Constitution class, which is really small in, in the grand scheme of where the fleet went. So something like the Enterprise B coming along, it's, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, I... I... On my next one's going to be the B, so spoiler alert. Um, I I agree because I mean, though I think my only problem, well, I think I have a few, is so generations introduces the Enterprise B. I mean, we always had that sort of Excelsior hanging back there on the on the uh, conference room observation lounge, so you knew it vaguely as an Excelsior. But this was a modified Excelsior or a Reef. Okay, well that's cool. Except the only time that we've seen a ship that looks like that is. 80 years in the future, the USS Lakota. So, like, apparently that was mothballed for, like, uh, several generations. But, um, but I do like the way, the way it does look. Um, and, I mean, I, I do like it. I, I know people, I guess, I don't know what people think about Excelsior. Um, but, you know, hey, you know, if you put wagons on my grandmother, she'd be a wagon. So I think, I think it looks good. Wheels on your grandmother, yeah. Hey, hey, leave her out of this. <laughs> <laughs> What are your, what are your many, thoughts, Daniel? I don't have many positive things to say about the B. I think it's the ugliest design of all of the Enterprises. I think it's ah, uh, there. Uh, to be fair, it has the longest nacelles, I guess, right? Um, <laughs> which uh, which is interesting. Although the Enterprise E gives it a run for its money, but much better proportioned nacelles, right? You don't want saggy, you know. Really, you know, <laughs> anyways. Well, I'm just kidding. We're not going to get into that. Um, but uh, you know. I don't have a lot of positive things to say about the B, but when you were just mentioning, and and I guess this was the point of designing the Excelsior at the time, which is what it was, uh, to to be a contrast to the A or the the refit, it makes a lot of sense. Like, and it works really well as a menacing, you know, especially in Star Trek Three, of course, when we have that whole exciting the great the great sequence when they're stealing the enterprise and they're leaving it's Starbase. chasing them you know yeah, i would want right. that ship chasing me in my little you know constitution refit you know stepping stepping aside from the whole trans warp silliness that happens in that movie but um you're right it makes sense that like oh my goodness we're just this tiny little enterprise and they're this big other ship like excelsior that actually is really effective and i've never really given it credit for that i suppose uh, but I, th- I actually think that works really well. Um, other than that, not much to say, I guess, uh, <laughs> one way or another about. Because we see the hoods so many times. Come on, <laughs> we see the hoods so many times. <laughs> That's true. I mean, and it's the same thing from the B to the the D. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, would if you were in the Enterprise D chasing down the hood, the hood doesn't have a chance. It's the same. Right. It's the same leap. So, all right. Well, you're out of letters, Daniel. But uh, if you want to talk about uh, one of the alternate ones, I can give you another <laughs> uh, another option. The ISS Enterprise. Well, I guess you you could also say J if you wanted. But uh, what's if if you oh, if you win any yeah. farther? There's I think we have the pre warp ones and the um and the Darren, J's. There's left. plenty of letters left in the alphabet. Okay. <laughs> No, no, I don't. I, I've I've said my piece, and if if people wanted an itemized list here at this point, it, it was the E, the JJ Enterprise, the the D, and then the C slash uh, uh, 
A. Wait, was that right? No, C slash NX is what you said. C slash NX, I'm sorry. C slash NX, then the A slash original. original. Yeah. Right. Um, Alpha and Omega. This is the weirdest fan fiction I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh. to say, I, I, I don't hate... Including the B, which is my least favorite, of course. Which I just we don't hate any ship called Enterprise. I don't hate any of the <laughs> any of the any really any starship design. Uh, I don't know if I could say that. It's a pretty bold statement. Um, <laughs> like if it was I smaller and maybe more angrier. I don't even hate the Defiant. I know. I don't. I don't hate the Defiant. I hate the silly lines that it's they got teeth. It. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> it's too. It's too powerful for its own good. It's too powerful it's to control itself. itself. What does, it like, even what does mean? that even mean? That I don't even understand. Mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like the lines they this give. This nuclear like, reactor it... is too powerful for its own good. <laughs> Like, well, well, that's like they never, they never show that the cheese themselves. sandwich is too powerful for it. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah, I don't hate the Defiant design either. It's not on my list of – this is a totally separate uh, conversation. But, uh, you know, it's not, it, I don't hate the Defiant design. It's very different, which is fine. Uh, but it, it's, um, it's just some of the, th- the things they give it to do don't make any sense. We're, we're going to get back to the Enterprise. That's yeah. what we're talking about, well, the Enterprise line. I think talking about nacelles, I think the Enterprise B, what that is, it's actually spare tires. Like you see you driving down the road and you see like a cover behind <laughs> you. That's all the Enterprise B. There's actually two other nacelles in that casing for when those two break down. You just open up the hatch there. You just pull out the other one. So so it's like a Jeep, right? Yeah. Like when the Jeeps always have the spare tire exactly. in the back. Yeah. You know. I'll be, yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish up right. here real quick. I, I don't – I just – I don't have. I, I like all of the designs of the Enterprises. I think, f- for very smart reasons, they brought very good starship designers and brought them in, and, and all of them work on some level, and all of them work on the level that they need to work. And I'm glad for them, and I'm excited. I really am to see the next Enterprise, whatever mm. that may be. Very well said, Daniel. I think we all agree with that. Uh, my next one in my list is the original, uh, you know, Kirk's Enterprise, as it were, as Jedzia remembers. I prefer to think of it as Pike's Enterprise, but we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> hey, he stood relieved, okay? He, they went through that whole ceremony. Whoa, whoa, to whoa, whoa. Too soon, Darren. Too soon. <laughs> That's what they say in, this me- in the transfer ceremony. Gosh. But, no, I, I again, like we said before, you know, Daniel, just the, uh, it's just that classic look. It's, it changed the, the way spaceships were thought of in popular culture. I mean, everything before that was a rocket ship or a flying saucer. So they just took a rocket ship and bolted it to a flying saucer (laughs) and you, but you get a, just a very memorable design. You could draw an outline of that generic design. Recognize and worship it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that could totally happen. So, I would. I would worship that ship. Thank you very much, Philip. I know you're being sarcastic, <laughs> but I would. So, okay, so the Kirk's orig- uh, original Enterprise is my next one. Philip, uh, I think you're reaching the end of your I'll just I'll just read my whole list here. I mean, I haven't revealed them. But we've already talked about them. So here's my list. It goes E, D, C, liftoff. No, uh, ring ship. Then uh, TOS, uh, you know, original one. Um, then the A, the B. Then oh, you four. didn't say TOS, or maybe no. I just and then it. and then for the bottom, it's a uh, NX and you know, Nacelle McGee over there. 
That meaning the JJ. Yeah. So NX and JJ. Yeah. So not not so much with the the newest incarnations that we've seen of the Enterprise series I mean, and I, and film. I don't disagree with what Daniel said that if you're going to re redo this, reimagine it, re whatever word that begins with three. Um, that yeah, no, I mean, vile repulse. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, yeah, they, I mean, he does, he does the job. It's fine, but I mean, it just doesn't like. Okay, I've seen the NC, I've seen the original Enterprise. You don't have to. Okay, I got it. Okay, all right. Well, that's what we're doing here. So, um, you know, it doesn't really bring anything new to the table. So, but I mean, it is what it is. So, which is the same thing with the NX01. I don't hate the NX01, but it's just like, oh, it's a saucer and a tuna cells. Okay, well, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for playing Starfleet like, design. Okay, if we're going back in time from Kirk, we just subtract the engineering section and just keep taking parts away as we go farther in the past. Eventually, we'll get back to the Phoenix, and it's just a tube and uh, and some nacelles. Well, my last two to round off the list is, yeah, I have the, the JJ Enterprise and the C uh, rounding out my the end of my list. Again, not, you know, they're... I think it works for the movie. I mean, it works because it's a whole other universe. I mean, I love the Kelvin. The Kelvin's a great design. You know, just especially the way they portray it. I know it breaks Roddenberry's two nacelle rule, but, you know, you know, it's it's a submarine. It's a space submarine in space, you know, doing its thing. But Commanded by Captain Thor. Exactly. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on well, the ship? Well, first right? officer Thor, but yes. Well, he became captain hey, for a little while. For a certain number of minutes. He was captain of the ship for 23 minutes <laughs> and saved 600 lives or whatever it was. I, I dare you to do what better, What have you done Philip? with your life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Kirk looks so depressed in that next shot. He's just pouring out the salt shaker like, I just, uh, what, what am I doing with my life? I pushed myself hard to get here. Why do I carry a salt shaker Wait, that's right, my dad's I'm dead a... ship? Why do I yeah, do I that? Well, yeah. It's not. He doesn't carry it around. It's in the bar. Phil. But that's why. That's even worse. Good lord. Jeez. That's like you know being in a restaurant and oh here have our complimentary Titanic you know salt <laughs> shakers. It's like thanks. I guys. bet you. Is it like I bet you ten years after the Titanic sake that was pretty popular. That was a you, pretty common salt. It was shaker. just like watching the little people come out of the Titanic when you oh, apply God. salt. I mean that's that's what you're oh. doing. That's what you're too doing. Too soon, Philip. This is the second time. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. It's been a hundred years, Philip. Too Look, soon. We could have gone another way, but we're not out of the taste of you know being. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, wrap up this show, we actually have a. <laughs> no, it hasn't been canceled yet. No, but we've had a, um, a, a some feedback from Yay. our previous episodes. So. Shout out to Brad Alexander from Virginia, so near you guys over there. Maybe even the same state. Uh, So he writes, Hey guys, I just wanted to comment about the Leroy Starship (laughs) Enterprise E. was probably my second or third favorite Enterprise. Okay, we've, you know, just done a whole list, Brad, about, you know, it's either second or third. I need you to relate us back. I really now <laughs> don't need give to us know. a Daniel kind of ranking. <laughs> give us a real <laughs> solid. There is no slashes. I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he says the refit of the original cast movie was probably my favorite, and either the original one seven zero one or the E next. 
I really wasn't a fan of the 1701D. It always stuck struck me as a giant space minivan. Of course, I really like the Defiant. Listen, I, thank you for thank you for listening to the show. Please continue to listen to the show. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, clearly, I have to say, and I, you know, his comment is directed towards somebody who oftentimes maybe <laughs> criticized the Defiant. Again, I don't hate the Defiance. I don't hate the Defiant. It's just stupid. Darren, he keeps repeating it like he means it. (laughs) Well, so he continues on on that note. You made the point that the Enterprise A and the Defiant showed up a week later each. Well, I see your logic with the Enterprise A. I don't think that's the case with the Defiant. In the show's term, it was only about five episodes between the destruction of the Defiant and when they got the Sao Paulo. But it was several months in time in the series. Now, one thing I disagree with is the entire renaming of the ship. Sailors thought history throughout history have said that renaming a boat brings bad luck, not the kind of thing you want before your last battle with the Dominion. It's a very good point, Brad. I think, uh, yeah, it was, I guess maybe they just, you know, they wanted their cake and eating it too. You You know, they just, they wanted to be able to have the awesomeness of the Defiant being destroyed and then, oh, look, well, we we got, we have to have a ship for the rest of the series. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, th- that that was my... I guess that's my problem. Like, If you're going to destroy it, just leave it destroyed. <laughs> you mean like the next five episodes? Yeah, like, especially, look, you're, if you're closing in on your final episodes, and it's been clearly documented, and, and seriously, if anybody's interested in Deep Space Nine, go listen to The Orb, our sister show. It's a good show. But it's been clearly defined that, that the last nine episodes of that giant arc were designed and written as a huge arc. So they knew they were doing this. They knew what they were doing. They knew they were going to destroy the Defiant. It totally cheapens the destruction of that ship if all of a sudden in the last hour or the last two or three episodes, of course, we have a repeat. The exact same ship, the exact same whatever. They should have gotten and a hey, Reliant class. You know, that would show them to get rid of their ship. Of course. Ship. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And the icing on the top, you can rename the ship whatever you want. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't buy that for one second. It's ridiculous, and I think it's... You mean the storied history of the Defiant? We'll make sure history never forgets the name. Defiant. Well, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't... It never became the Defiant A, right? So they kind of never did that. So it's like... So it's literally the exact same ship with the same registry number. Because they didn't want to, you know... It's the late 90s. You, it costs money it's, to change the, the CGI model of that ship. So, of course, they wouldn't. Do that. <laughs> well, maybe it's to strike fear in the Dominion. You know, they destroy it, and then it comes back, and it's like, wait, didn't we destroy that ship? Nope, this is the exact same ship. I don't know which one you thought you destroyed, yeah, but this ship is totally fine. It's just silly. I just, I just don't understand it. It's just, to me, if you're going to destroy it, then stick with that interesting and unique and... Destructive yes, twist very on unique the ship. destroying I mean, starships in, in Star Trek. Basically, the destruction of the Defiant should be like the death of Hedwig in the beginning of the last <laughs> Harry Potter book. That's exactly. What it should be. There's no other Hedwig that shows up later on to save the, <laughs> to save the day. You know what I mean? That's what ridiculous. I've had, that would I've had that owl forever. <laughs> Your hair was all like, you guys have magic. You can't even save my stupid owl. <laughs> good is this universe? Well, he had prophet magic, so, you know. This is Hedwig A, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) He used to be called Barney, but I got to rename him. (laughs) But you can rename him whatever you want. We changed his leash, (laughs) his collar. It says something else now. (laughs) 
Well, it has been fun talking about the list of enterprises and the destruction of the Defiant today, but it's just one of the Trek topics that we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here is a quick look of what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. They're not going to just do something crazy and be like, what if we did Star Trek, but on Earth? What if we did Star Trek, but, you know, with, with more explosions or whatever? Wouldn't that be cool? And, and giant robots. Earl Grey. Between a combination of Riker's beard and the spandex, you could pretty much identify what season you were watching just by those two markers alone. No beard Riker? Must be season one. Pinstriping in the background, but Riker has a beard? Must be season two. The Ready Room. The Prime Directive is there and all these captains are constantly having to break it because it's obviously such a rigid rule right and uh you can't tell a story with such rigid rules so you go back to it's television it's drama the orb it's never clear like is costa mojan is that the name of a person from long ago or is it the name of a group of people and so you're saying that in the prophet's language costa mojan is the name of the paw race Right, that's what they call the paw race. To the journey! Think about how horrible it would be perceived by the audience to see Neelix beaten up ruthlessly. Some people would really enjoy that. That's true. I'm talking about normal people with hearts and souls. Okay, so those people... <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. Um, this means that really now sort of the, the three of us are responsible for really getting the movie to, to, to what it's going to be. And, and there's a thing, okay, what the movie we write is the movie that's going to get made, which is... A really cool feeling, actually. Warp 5. You know, Spock and Tuvok are two Vulcans. And so I feel like if you brought 10 more into the room to say that they're all going to be the same is really a boring race. It's, even right. if they're logical, they shouldn't have the same personalities. Melodic Treks. But J- when J.J. Abrams came on, he was like, just in like casual... <laughs> T-shirt and jeans. T-shirt and, yeah. And because he'd just come from the set of... Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good so, excuse. Continuing mission. And there's this moment where you pass into it, and you're not only on a TV set, you're you're on a, a TV set that is a recreation of the Enterprise, and then that goes away, and then you're on the Enterprise. Literary Treks. This is what I expect from the uh, ongoing comics. This is kind of what I think we've wanted is, is just right. to have this crew yeah, start definitely. to feel like the original series in some ways. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream them from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash PD for the podcast directory to get all the links. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show. That option on the side, choose Earl Grey, and that'll come to all three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listeners on our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Also, please let us know how we're doing by leaving an iTunes review. That will help other listeners find our show here in 2014. Well, reviews are very important to us, not only because we love to hear what you think about the show, but also because they impact how we place in iTunes and on Stitcher. 
reviews will make it easier for other Star Trek fans to find our show. We know that it does take some extra time to visit iTunes you know, or Stitcher to write the reviews, so as an added incentive to share your thoughts on our shows, we're giving away some great prizes as part of a month-long promotion. These include a season of Star Trek, your choice, on Blu-ray or DVD. Now, obviously, that has to be a series that's actually on Blu-ray right now, but Lord willing, we'll get some more of those coming soon. An official Starship collection ship from Japan, complete with Japanese magazine, Star Trek novels, and a fun collection of alien art badges. Winners will be drawn at random from all entries received before midnight Pacific time on July 31st. All you need to do to enter is to leave us a rating or review on iTunes and or Stitcher. You can only leave one review per show, of course, but you can review multiple shows and do so on both iTunes and Stitcher. And for each review, you'll receive one entry in the drawing. Remember that you can also review the master feed, and that will get you an entry as well. So there's two steps for entering, leaving your review on iTunes and or Stitcher, and then you visit trek.fm slash review and complete the form there. We're looking forward to hearing from you, and thank you for your support. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helped us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Our sponsor for this show is audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles are coming out every week, from classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And also, TrekFan, a great way for you to take your love of Star Trek and put it into action. At TrekFan, you will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. Challenges include communications, engineering, and flight operations. There's internet relay chat, free books through Starfleet Academy, and much more. Best of all, it's absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Again, that's fm.trekfan.org. And remember to use this special URL so they know you heard about it here on Earl Grey and Trek FM. And lastly, there are, there's one more way that you can directly help us keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations of aliens anyway. If you can go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available in both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels that you can choose from. Just let us know what you would like and in what format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate. And your support helps us to pay for the costs of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Well, it's been real fun listening to who had the right list about the Order of the Enterprise. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 you're welcome. (laughs) So, Philip, if someone wants to discuss your order, where would they find you on this World Wide Web? Well, they can find me on uh, Twitter 
and my handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina or NCC seventeen oh one dash E. And Daniel, if someone wants to talk about your lack of commitment to all these slash decisions, uh where where would they talk to you? I would love to talk to them. They can find me on Twitter as well. And that is at one up Dan, and that is the number one, not the word. Or, you know, nacelles, because that's a good topic as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And if they want to discuss my list and, you know, how much I love the NX refit, they can talk to me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if you're interested in also listening about some more wonderful science fiction, you can listen to my other podcast, which is The Dr. Sci-Fi Show, where we're talking about old classic black and white science fiction, which is a little before Star Trek. So that's available on iTunes. All right. Well, I, you know, all your talk, you guys, about the Enterprise C really makes me want to go watch yesterday's Enterprise again and just kind of gaze at that and just, I don't know, maybe I'll move it up from the last position in my poll. So we'll see. Again, these lists are always changing, even though the series are all over. But live long and prosper. Engage. Engage. I love. <laughs> <laughs> Fire. <laughs>